Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Guys, welcome back to another episode of The Wake Up Call. Today's episode is a very special one. This is episode number 91, and I am bringing on my very first guest. This is a man I've known for over a decade, and uh, we met at the gym where I first started my employment, uh, fresh out of TAFE, over 10 years ago, and we've kept in touch ever since. And this is a guy I really respect. You know, He's doing a lot of things really well in terms of his business and his professional career. But one of the things that I really admire from this man is his work ethic and his consistency, his longevity. So without further ado, guys, welcome to the Wake Up Call, Rod Simpson. So Rod's just coming on board now, guys. I've known this guy for over 10 years. And if you've been listening regularly, you know that I have a very small circle. So here is a man that I respect and we're going to hash out some uh, some really cool ideas. Here he is, guys, Rod Simpson. Welcome, buddy. Jesse, how are you? Good, man. I was just uh, introing you to the big listenership that I have and uh, uh-huh. just kind of going back in time to when we first met about... Uh, it's about 10 years, 10, 12 years ago at, down at the uh, Southwest Sports Centre. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, did a stint down there in Bunbury for a couple of years operating a hotel for some owners. And, uh, yeah, used to frequent the gym when Jesse was a young buck. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Baby face, fresh out of TAFE, trying to, yeah, find my feet in the world of uh, fitness. Oh, yeah, but the passion was there then. That's right. You know, Watching you, watching you do your thing with the people down there was fantastic. Awesome, good to hear, man. So, what I want to do uh, initially is have you kind of introduce yourself to the listeners. You know who who you are, where you live, what you do for a career, and you know why you feel like it is that we've had such a great connection over the years. Like we were speaking beforehand that you know we don't keep in touch that often, but when we do, it's kind of it's always great to catch up and share stories and you know talk about getting after it because you're somebody who you know you don't talk about it. You're actually doing um so yeah a bit of an introduction for yourself man welcome got to do it as jesse's told you rod simpson is uh is my name i'm uh, fortunate enough these days to be based up in the beautiful uh land of the smiles in thailand um i've been up here on a decade now um build a family and a life up here it's quite fantastic and uh you know my job uh has taken me all over the globe I, i'm uh heavily involved in the hotel industry i'm uh uh, one of the leaders, senior senior executives for an international hotel chain up here in uh, Thailand, and uh, yeah, basically uh, get to travel travel throughout and uh, enjoy my time. So over over that period of time, I've uh, obviously spent a couple of years in Phuket, a couple of years in Pattaya, and then landed in Bangkok. And my family's from the north of Thailand. Uh, my wife and kids in Chiang Rai. So. I go up and back from Bangkok to Chiang Rai and, uh, you know, we've got the beautiful mountains up here and then the city life. I'm, a, I'm an inherent traveller with my job. I'm all over the place. I, I've been fortunate. I, I bang out about 170 flights a year um, all over Southeast Asia. A couple, yeah, man. A couple mm-hmm. long trips, 
I, I tell you, through COVID, I'm not missing the airports. That's one thing I don't can <laughs> assure you. No, that's um, right. <laughs> yeah, just watching the people eat that terrible food on the planes. But oh. uh, anyway, I, I don't do it. I, I'm an inherent eater before or eat after. I don't do the food on the planes. I can't do it to myself. It's a bit substandard, yeah. isn't it? Not to the usual. Uh, well, it's, it, you know, it's trying to keep your, your principles right, I think, for the, the, the end goal, which is your, uh, you know, your training and stuff like that, right? So ultimately, uh, yeah, I get to, I've been very fortunate to see the, the whole of Southeast Asia in the last 10 years many times. And uh, I feel blessed to be where I am today. And I guess, you know, moving into the, the sort of latter years of life and, or the middle of your life, I call it I'm halfway. Um, yeah. <laughs> I call it halfway. It's 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 been a focus to to really get deeply and heavily involved in many forms of, of training, to ensure that I give myself the best opportunity to still be here um, as long as I can. Especially having a little little two year old right now, so that's yeah. given me some focus that we, we can touch on later. But um, you know, Jesse and I, as he's mentioned, we go back about ten to twelve years. Um, why Jesse and I are connected? I, I I believe in Jesse. I think he's got an amazing approach to to his training i think that he cares and i think that's the biggest part of life today people are numbers everybody wants to you know make a buck but to to find a trainer and and my current trainer that i've been with for over three Mm. years i train with dylan because he shares similar principles to jesse he cares about me he cares about what's next he knows what's best for me even though i want to be here he's like rod we've got to crawl before we run mate so he brings me the reality or from time to time, or give me some therapy just to wake me up to say, "Hey, I've told you we weren't ready for this." <laughs> you know, a reality so, check. <laughs> you know, so yeah, talking. You know, I guess my alignment with you, Jess, is is one of respect. Um, and and I love seeing a young guy having a crack. You know, and and that's what you do, daily, weekly, hourly, monthly, um, and yearly. You're having a crack, and and that's why I I love you, mate. I think you're doing great things for people, and I think you're doing great things for yourself. So that's why I've always got uh, time for us to connect and have a laugh and have a yarn. It's it's yeah. it's uh, it's good. I appreciate that, man. Um, it's one of these things, like. <clears throat> I mean, we've known each other for such a long time and the podcast is almost a year old now. And I, I kind of feel like, like you mentioned, it's like I'm beating the same drum, but like you would know, and from training with Dylan for the last three years, it, it's, there's not, everybody's looking for a secret. Everybody's looking for a shortcut or a hack to kind of get from point A to point B. They're like, where's, how, how do I like shorten that space? Like for the listeners, what can you kind of tell them between, you know, point A, where you are or where you started to point B? Like, is there a shortcut? Because I know you train hard. You sent me a video last night of doing, you know, 60 kilo uh, sandbag presses. Sandbag presses, yeah. 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 It's, it's like everybody wants a shortcut. Mission. Oh, no, no, there is no shortcut. You've got to take the pain. You've got to live with the pain and you've got to do the work to secure the pain as well. Because, uh, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter how old you are or who you are, you're going to have small injuries or small niggles, right? So, they can't be setbacks. They've got to be managed. And, uh, you know, you've yeah. got to have a trainer that understands those processes or, or little mm. niggles that you may have to, to iron those out so that you can continue to turn up every day and do the work. Yes, that's right. So I've got a, I've got some show notes that we kind of tossed back and forth because oh. there's a few areas. And it was, it, was, it was nice. There's a bit of overlap as well. But I just want to kind of go through the list here. You said that uh, you started or you gave up drinking and smoking in your 40s. Talk to me about Correct. kind of when you started with, you know, 
the drinking and the smokes and how long was it for? And then what kind of made you, you know, say sure. enough's enough. Like, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah, sure. It's like, you know, I'm very sort of proud of it these days that I've made that adjustment in my, my life. I wish I did it earlier, but anyway, that's a, that's yeah. better late than ever the way I look at it. Right. To give Hindsight's a great thing. Yeah. Crazy, man. I don't know how you do it, but people do it. Right. But yeah. anyway, I, I got to that point, you know, you think you're invincible through your thirties. I was doing training here and there. I've always been a, a, a sportsman um, and I've done my training that over the years I got lazy and did nothing. And anyway, the culmination. And then I got into my thirties trained here and there, as you know, I met you training and yep. you know, I did bits and pieces and was pretty focused for a while. Then got unfocused for a year, then focused for six months and focused for five minutes. And anyway, I got, yeah, yeah. That's the hamster wheel. Yeah, man, the So I got to that point where, you know, I was up here in Asia and, and, you know, I was traveling a lot. I was working a lot and I wasn't really taking care of myself and I was drinking pretty heavily on nights. You know, you're out doing yeah. whatever and next it's midnight again and you're at another dinner function and you're, you're sort of losing the, the, the control of reality, I guess, is the, the right way to look at it. And, you know, and I just, I don't know, I woke up one day and, and I had a few things going on and I thought to myself, you know what, I, I, I need to get off the booze. It's just something that I need to do for me and yep. and I need to do it from, from a permanent perspective, not not go back. So I'm very proud to say I'm well over seven years off the grog. I haven't had wow. one drop. And yeah, and I, look, I had a few few wake-up calls. So your, your gig's called the wake-up call and had a couple of wake-up calls <laughs> that made me say, Rodney, it's time to have a look at it what you're doing mate and uh let's get serious about this so mm. we got off the grog and it's amazing the evolution of life when you make a decision like that and and you stick to it and yep. mate i'm clear i've not had one drop for over seven years my wife still has a beer she loves to have a beer and you yep. know i'll bring it back cool. to vodka free and i'll still make her some uh you know some caproshkas or whatever she wants in the evening but the bartender uh, yeah yeah i'm i'm the driver these days but um you know, look, uh, in all honesty, yeah, I had the wake-up call and I got got made it relevant to, to make some changes. So I got off it and uh, I started to train again properly. And I did that. We, we talked about the hamster wheel and I did that for about a year. And and then I started to use the excuses, oh, I'm working too much, I'm travelling too much, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'll do it in the hotel gym and I'd never get there, right? And so It's always tomorrow. I, you know, and I was proud that I'd got off it, but I just couldn't keep the consistency. So I, I got to the point where I said to myself, I was I think I was 40, 46, Jess, 46. And I said, right, uh, 47. And my wife got pregnant with the little bloke. And that was a plan. We, we wanted to have the little bloke. And it's like, you know, she, she had a daughter when I met her and she's 12 and, and now she's 12. And she said, I want to have a bub with us. I said, all right. So we, we had the little bloke and, I said to myself, gee, I'm having a two-year-old. By the time he's born and he starts cracking in life, I'm I'm going to be in my 70s. I need to give myself an opportunity to be around here. So mm. I cold turkey off the darts. I got off him. I threw him in the bin. And um, 5th of January 2017, 5th of January 2018, yep. I walked into New Moves Bangkok. I'd been looking at the studio and had a look in there but never had the balls to go and do something about it. Because <laughs> I yeah. look pretty silly. So I eventually, yeah, totally, man. Totally Give it that one down. through the door, through the window, oh, have a look, scope two, it out. Two years, two years. And I kept going to the 
gym, I was going to the gym. I was going to the gym, but I turn up twice a week, turn up once a week. Now, yeah. Next week, have a good week and turn up five days, right? So I thought, let's let's go and get accountable here. Mm. I rocked in, got the fags, rocked in to see uh, New Moves in Bangkok and um, a studio owned by a, found co- a founder is the Australian out of the yeah. Gold Coast, um, Robbie Cook, great, fantastic human. And then um, uh, his, his partner is um, Dylan Castle out of Montana in the US. And uh, anyway, when in there, Dylan says, I said, listen, I want to come in. I've just quit smokes today. Um, I need to do something to stay motivated and inspired to keep off the smokes. I want to train. And he's like, what do you want to do? I said, well, you're the guy. You look at me and tell me what I need. And yeah. uh, I remember the cruel reality. He says to me, oh, listen, just do a trial first and you can pay later. I said, no, let's pay up, mate. I, I need to be focused on this. So, yeah. like, really, I said, Get in let's the game. pay up. So, yeah. And, and as you know, it's not a cheap exercise to, to go and, you know, work with these guys. No. But when you look at your health as a, as a, as, as a cost, well, you've got yeah. separate issues itself, I think, right? So, I... Um, no, I paid up and I remember our first session, mate. I thought I was pretty strong. <laughs> and uh, he got me doing these drills on the floor with these rubber, uh, you know, um, rubber rubber cones and yep. tapping this, trying to do chin-ups. And, yeah, I was just dreaming, mate. I was having- <laughs> got put through the ringer. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I had a serious wake-up call then, Jess, of, of what I needed as a human being. Yeah. Um, and from there, yeah, I've been still training with these guys nearly on four years now. That's it's, awesome. It's a, and that's, you know, yeah, I just want to jump in there because that's that's really interesting. Like I've had this a number of times where people, they're looking to do something like they've got this this gut instinct or this feeling. And it's like, fuck, I want to do something. I should probably, I, sh- I feel like I should be fitter, stronger or, you know, more mobile than what I am. But people kind of like, they tend to bury it. And yeah. What I find, it's, it's my experience that a lot of people, they need that wake-up call. They need to almost be thrown in the deep end to be like, hey, you currently think you're here. And then like you did, you had that trial or you're like, nah, I'm in. And Dylan put you through your paces and you're like, oh, shit, I kind of need to get my stuff. I need to get in order. I need to get everything kind of squared away here. Yeah. And, and especially, you know, absolutely right, Jesse. It was, it was, a, it was a huge wake-up call for me. The strength that I have today, I could only do chin, two chin-ups then. Now I can do, you know, first set, maybe 17, right? <laughs> Good chin-ups, right? Yeah, wow. You know, so the strength that I have today is paramount because of those mm. individuals and the work that I've done. Yes. And, and I think you know? that's the thing, like we've spoken back and forth on WhatsApp is, you know, with the COVID situation that's, you know, it's not just here in Perth. It's not just there in Thailand. It's worldwide. Like it affects everybody. Yeah. But what was really cool is I remember you you sent me a photo of all the gear that you ended up buying for home. So that yeah. you started to take you started to take some of that control. You're like, okay, COVID means that I can't do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But you kind of shifted, you pivoted, and you're like, this is what I can do. This is what I can control. And it's like seeing that you know 60 kilo presses with the bag yesterday with you know, yeah. it's just awesome. It means that you're now in control That's of all results. Yeah, that's my latest uh, thing. I've been doing the 45 kilo with Dylan for, for probably three months or so since uh, we'll talk some more. But we got <clears throat> we got onto the 45 kilo and I said to him, I think I'll buy a 45 kilo bag while I'm, because we're in a state of lockdown at the moment up here. I've been home from work from home for three weeks. So okay. um, he said, no, nah, buy the 60, do the 60, mate. Let's, let's go to the next level. I'm like, yeah, all right. So we did, mate, and I'm owning it. You see, I, I love it, and it was the right move to buy the 60. But obviously, again, it comes back to 
you know, the discipline that he's taught me and, and the fact that I want it. And yeah, mate, I went out when we got locked down in April 2020. Uh, mm. The gyms are shut, everything's shut. We're telling, mm. we're told we're going to be at home for three months. I'm like, oh man, I've done all this work. I don't want to lose it. Yes. So I spoke to the boys and I said, what do I need? And then the guy that built their gym from Bench Fitness, another Aussie actually over here, he's got a, a fitness company, um, John Sheafy from Bench Fitness. He's a Melbourne boy. And he said, look, I've got some secondhand gear here, Rod. What do you want? And I said, well, Olympic bar, maybe 170 kilo in plates, a couple of dumbbells, some medicine yep. balls. What do you got? And, um, yeah, he hooked me up. I've got heaps of gear now, and I just keep adding to it now. I've, yeah. I've got enough here to train forever, really. Um, yeah, that's spot on. I had, uh, yeah. I've got some of my, my students, I've tried, I've changed my training philosophy since, you know, back at the, the, the gym where we first met to, to kind of now. And it's, it's very much trying to tailor it for what people need. Like yeah. my facility, like I showed you a video the other week, it's like the yeah. space I have, it's not huge, but it's got everything yeah. that you'd possibly need in there. And it's interesting. One of, one of my ladies now, one of my students, she's gone and bought a squat rack, some dumbbells, a sandbag. And she's got like she she's got a place at home now, and you know I do all of her programming. So she comes in and I, I train her, you know, once a week, and then she's got a program, and it's like she's got everything she fucking needs at her disposal. Yeah. It doesn't matter if there's a lockdown, doesn't matter if there's a shutdown, gyms are closed, whatever. It's like she can walk into her setup and be like, no factor, no issue. I can carry on doing what I'm doing. Well, there's no excuses now, is there? That's right. right. You, you you're not giving yourself an excuse now it's amazing what you can do with elastics when mm. you know how yes right you can get a pump on a you can get a good pump on a set of elastics when you know how right so no, right. that gives me great uh, pleasure to hear that jesse because that's what it's about and and i i said to myself well you know i want to continue to to evolve you know like i used yesterday i trained outside in the backyard it was 38 degrees i had my boardies on no shoes i'm on the grass and i'm lunging up and down the backyard with the olympic bar awesome what i mean that's i'm doing up and back for well, up four sets up and back i get about 48 reps in four sets yep and i did that four times that was just one exercise i did yesterday afternoon and just increased the weight but yeah. you don't have to go it's just about your form right so that's right and it's interesting because some people would hear that like we the training I do with my with my clients or with my students it's a lot of it is unconventional yep. so it's like somebody people would hear that and be like what do you mean you were you barefoot or you had your shoes on barefoot barefoot so it's like people are like where are your shoes like you don't need yeah. shoes to lunge don't have any do you know no. what I mean it's you're no. just finding you're just finding a way to get it done and and you know I love what the boys have taught me changing the way you train mm. That's their that's their tagline and their ethos is changing the way you train and and that's what I've developed. I, I actually prefer not to train with shoes on these days unless it's doing certain drills, right? But yep. um, yeah, I, I rarely train with shoes actually. <laughs> what's the difference? What are the what's the difference you you feel going like training, let's say, in a conventional studio with shoes, you know, covered versus barefoot? What are, what are the differences I, you, you feel? I think you can feel like for me, I can feel the, the body better. I can feel my, yeah. I'm, I've, I feel like I'm connected to the floor. Yeah. I feel like I feel the connection. You know yes. what I mean? Like shoes on, you've got another piece of sponge there or whatever. And, and, and it give, you know, I, I just feel a real connection with my body to yeah. the floor and my ability to get my feet and, and everything. I just feel it. 
you know, mm. and it makes, you know, that's what I love about it. It just, I can feel. Um, it's so much know, more body awareness. Yeah, man. It's, it's the balance, everything, everything. You can really work your balance really well. And yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, training in the studio is great and we don't wear shoes. You're not allowed to wear shoes past a certain point unless they're actually for. Um, the exercise, you know, yeah. Yeah, mate. Yeah. And, and if you've been on the street, you're not allowed to wear them inside, actually. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And that's your nice. face looks actually, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, I, I, I'm I'm sitting here, I'm wearing a pair of Vibram Five Fingers, like the toe shoes. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I see a lot of people wear those. In, yeah, they're great. Yeah, it's I, I cop a lot of flack for them. <laughs> but it's the same thing you just said. Like, one of the things that I, I try to really promote is, you know, people spending time barefoot is because – most people, unfortunately, they wear shoes that are too small for their foot. So it changes the way that you stand. Like your feet, they end up doing this. Like you're trying to fit a, you know, a square peg in a round hole. So there's no splaying of the toes and you've got so many sensors and nerves in the feet. So it makes sense that, you know, you feel better and you perform better being barefoot and especially being outdoors as well. So that's, that's cool to hear. I love it. I love that. You know, I've got the... I've got the undercover area I can use as well, but you know I do certain drills where I get out in the, the grass and the. Oh, it's funny. I was watching my two-year-old yesterday. He's, oh, she showed me a picture. You'll laugh. He, uh, you know, it's amazing the leading by example, right? And you're seeing like he's got my push-up bars and he's got his leg up and <laughs> he's two. <laughs> you know? but it's, I'll send you some pics later, but it's just quite cool to see that, you yeah. know, mindset and even my daughter. You know, she's 12 and she does ballet. We've got her into an Australian curriculum ballet over here. And she's, she's been That's out awesome. of the street. Yeah, gymnastics and ballet. And even she's been asking me, oh, daddy, can I come and do this? You know, so that makes me happy that that, you know, is, is filtering into their life now as well. It's very much, it's not even about saying what you do. It's just about them watching and then yeah. them being like, oh, this is just what dad does. Or they yeah. just become curious. It's like, oh, why, what, Dad, why are you using the bars? Why, why do you always go out and do push-ups? Or, you know, why do you roll around with a ball and press it into the air? And Yeah, well. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool learning curve. They're videoing it for mm. me these days. Yeah, they love it, Jess. And, and yeah. you're right, it is a learning curve. And, and what I like is they're asking, to, well, she's asking to do it. Daddy, can I train with you today? She yes. knows I'll go out at 3 or 4 o'clock, you know, and yep. while I'm at home and Daddy, can I train? Sure, darling, you know, let's do it. So I just give a little drills to do while I'm resting in between a set or whatever. Yeah, it's good. One one work, one rest. I like it. There's your rest yeah, period. Sort yeah. of. That's yeah. what we're doing. Yeah, that's what I do. And I teach her and I show her. And, you know, obviously I've got some one kilo dumbbells and two that my wife uses as well. So, you yeah. know, and even myself, I can do a lot with a two kilo dumbbell. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a... It, it's interesting. Like we talk about, you know, one kilo, two kilo. People kind of scoff at that. It's like, what can you do with, you know, lightweights? It's, it's actually quite interesting. If you pick the right exercises or use the right technique or do a certain volume, like high rep work, that's actually more than enough for a lot of times. Like I remember I, I had one of my guys who was doing a, a torch press. So a torch press is basically like you've got a dumbbell in your hand and you press it up there. So it's a little bit of yep. scapular and serratus work that we're doing. And it got to a point where it's just too heavy for him. Sure. <laughs> so this is like one kilo. Um, but you, that's the reality. Yeah. It's good to have those, you know, little extras, the one kilos, two kilos for the lighter stuff or high rep work, but, uh, it all comes in handy. And like you said, like you've got everything to train for a lifetime now. 
I have, mate, and and that's you know you can do so many things. There's, I can't even do everything that I have there, right? You know, I I don't have enough uh, you know um, education, right, to to be able to achieve that, right? And that's why you know just touching back on what you're talking about, one kilo. The the guys I'm training with, they're all about functional movement, yeah, right. So a lot of it's body weight stuff, hundred percent, you know? yeah. And and some of the stuff just destroys you. You yeah. can't even do it. And it's your own body weight, and you think you're strong, right? It's like, yeah, okay, that was a, that was an eye opener, and yep. but that's the stuff you want to continue to get better at. Then you can put your vest on and do it. That's you know, right. You, start, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's what excites me these days of, of the learning. You know, mm. that's awesome, man. Uh, just to shift gears a little bit, I just want yes. to talk a bit more broadly, not just about training, but just about life in general. Um, what kind of carryover have you found from, you know, that shift of about seven years ago, giving up the booze, a couple of years ago, yeah. giving up the smokes, taking your training, you know, more seriously. How have you found that transfer to, you know, your personal and your professional life? Well, I'm still married. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yes. You know, yeah, exactly. Result. Um, you know, because I've been down that road before and, uh, you know, the job and the lifestyle probably destroyed that first one, um, you know, uh, to be honest. And and ultimately with no sort of, you know, it is what it is, right? So ultimately you learn from those kind of mistakes as well, spend some time by yourself. And then, no, I think in all honesty, when it comes to relationship-wise, I think I'm a much easier person and a better person without the booze, yep. um, to be honest. And I think, you know, that, that continuity, continuity and balance I have when it comes to my daily routine of training yeah. um, also gives me that that you know energy lift and that euphoria um, mm. of, of peace when I finish my training because one great I did it two I've done another session three I've put another brick in the wall you know four I'm exhausted five yeah. let's go you know what I mean so yeah. that balance that balance that I feel through all that good nutrition balance on the water, making sure you're getting your water, everything that it brings me into my focus and day-to-day life from a personal perspective has yep. just changed the way that I live. And, uh, um, you know, we're looking at it from a working perspective. Well, you know, the focus, the, the focus and the diligence. And, you know, it's interesting when you walk into board meetings and boardrooms and people sort of, uh, you know, they look at you and go, oh, you're feeling yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, hold on a minute. Totally. Yep. Totally, yeah. Where did you come from? How old are you? You're not supposed to look like that, you know? Yeah. And um, it's like, yeah, or, or they start telling you, oh, yeah, I used to run 10K a day or I used to do this. Oh, okay. I don't know why they need to tell me, but they they, they need to for some reason, Jesse. I ego. Still <laughs> yeah. It's ego. It's ego, man. And this is one of the things, that, and this is what I really wanted to dive in. <laughs> a lot of people, they live in their past. They're like, oh, when I was in high school, I was the – I was the this or that. I was the best on the track team. I was the captain of the footy team. I was this, that, and now it's like, that's all well and good. Like, congratulations, well done. I'm proud. I'm proud of you if you're doing that. Yeah. What have you done lately? Like, what did you, what did you do last week? What did you do yesterday? Yeah. Um. And and that's it. Funnily enough, I have I have a conversation with a friend of mine. It's very much an ego thing that you looking a certain way and being really confident and comfortable in your skin, and it's not just it's it's not a facade. It's not false ego. It's actual pride because you've done the reps. You've put in the work. You've drank the water. You got your sleep. You were consistent. And I think it puts a lot of people off. They like see, they see that and they see what condition you're in because you're, you told me you're, the, you're in the best shape of your life at 50, man. 
And it's like 100%. people look at that and they're like, that's not normal. How are you doing that? Fittest, strongest, motivated, most determined I've ever been at 50. Yeah. 100%. Mm. 100%. It's, it's, there's no, and it's all just driven by the, the results, mate, because I do the work and, and I see it. And, you know, yeah. I'm not massive. I have, I did get up to 99, I think, at one point, and we were lifting. 280 kilo on the deadlift at one rep and we're doing all that crazy stuff but yep. directional change that we'll get into but you know uh, basically yeah that boardroom is is it's amazing and you know i sort of feel for them as well jesse i've got to that point where i mm. it's like why are you about me i'm just a dude that does the work you know what i mean and and yeah. i'm proud of that, but i don't think anything of them and i don't think anything about it i just mm. you know feel sorry for them because it's like you said i used to do that oh well, yeah. i was a state champion wrestler i was a <laughs> i was a i was a right and it's just like well hey dude you can go do the work yeah you know what like, stopping and this is the yeah. bit i love when they tell me it's like well i'm like what's stopping you and they're like oh i'm so busy i'm like yeah i get that but i do in normal times i'm 150 170 flights a year i've got a family i've mm. got responsibility and I said, man, if I'm in the gym at 10 p.m., I'm in the gym at 10 p.m. If I'm in the gym at 4 a.m., I'm in the gym at 4 a.m. So what's the difference then? Because this is something, like I said, I beat the drum. What's the difference between someone like you who has that drive and that deeper purpose to do it versus these other people who are in similar situations to you? Because we're all fucking busy. So you've got the people on the one side who are like, I don't have the time. I've just got so much on my plate. I can't do it. I can't do it versus people like you who are like, I'll find a way to make it fucking happen. Like where do you, what is the gap? What's the difference? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think it just comes down to the fact that you've, you've, um, you know, you're motivated in yourself to not make excuses and just get it done. And and I, my goal is to live till, you know, my, I say to everyone, I'm halfway, you know, now whatever happens, happens, you don't know what happens tomorrow, but I, I believe I'm giving myself, that opportunity to be here until I'm a hundred years old. And that's my target in mentally. Yes. I'll do my best deal at 90. That's what I say to myself, right? <laughs> that's yes. what I tell myself, right? So that's awesome. that focus and determination. And, you know, a lot of that's come from having the little bloke at this age too, right? So, yeah. you know, I want to be there and watch him go to school, but yeah, I, I just, I just want it. I want to be strong. Mm. Why? <laughs> I want, um, several reasons. First and foremost, um, it makes my day-to-day life a lot easier, right? When I get up and I feel, I get up, I feel good, I look in the mirror, I know I look good, right? Yeah. Um, that continues to motivate me through the hard work. Uh, mm. As I said, I've got a young family and I want to ensure that I'm around for them to support them through their needs as they evolve. Um, you know, I'm still actively involved. In, well, I've got reactively involved in sport, yeah. Um, you know, at a, at a pretty high level. So, you know, I need to be fit to do that. But that all came as part of a process that sort of became, oh, well, let's do that as well. An evolution. Um, mm. Yeah, it was basically that I'm in the right spot. So we went back to do that. And there's a bit of a story there that we can touch on. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And and just the ability to, to, you know, just that getting up every day and feeling good, Jesse, you mm. know, it's just motivates me you know i love it you know you might still continue to age but you're just like you're pumped Mm. (laughs) you know and you just feel good you know it's uh, i have a question for you 
Yeah, it is hard to explain. And this is this is something I want to kind of dive into because um, it's a conversation I, I find myself having regularly. You know, you've been training for a long time. Does the work ever get easier? Never. Never. And if it does get easy, you're doing the wrong work. Thank you. <laughs> and and this is the thing. you Guys, if, for everybody listening, I want you to actually pay attention to this. This is a guy who's more motivated, stronger than ever, like mentally super sharp. He's getting after it. He's enjoying the process and it's not getting easier. But that's actually half the joy. Like that's seeing the result, like you said, you're, and it's not just out of chance or circumstance. It's I'm doing the reps. I'm showing up every day. I'm ticking my boxes. So therefore, I have a reason to keep going. I have another reason to keep pushing, to get that extra rep, to put that extra kilo on the bar. Correct. I'm hunting that 80 kilo sandbag now. That's what I'm hunting. There you already. go. Yeah. And I haven't even got, I haven't got the 60 on yet. But I'm- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you've got to have a target. You've got to have something to push to. The goal with the 60 by the end of next week, actually, the goal with the 60, I want to be able to lift it to my shoulder, hold it on one arm, right? And yep. I want to squat 12 reps, mate, then swap Oof. to the other side. That's what I'm after by hopefully next Friday. Let's see. I'll send you a view. I'll look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's my motivation for that, right? And then, you know, to be able to that, – that's my that's my key focus right now is actually owning that bag. So yeah. I still do all the other stuff, and I only throw the bag around maybe twice a week, right? To, to, yeah. Because it's not it's, – you can injure yourself quite easy on those, as I'm sure you – Odd yeah, objects, right? yeah. Awkward. Yeah. Because they move, right? So, oh, but ultimately, I yeah, that's my current mission, Jesse, is to own the eighty kilo bag now. So, does it get easier? No, you just get better. That's right. Yeah, and right. what was interesting as well, just as I heard you talking, there is the language you use is very important. I want to own the sixteen kilo, yeah. uh, the sixty kilo bag. Eighty, yeah. So this, this is something people I find do a lot. They put the cart before the horse. Maybe they've got this, you know, long-term goal of, you know, bench pressing their body weight or squatting two times body weight. And they're currently here, but they're not owning the weight that they're on. They're looking so far ahead that they're kind of ignoring where they're at right now. And yeah. I think that's, a, that's an important concept as well is, yes, you have these big goals. I, I love it when people have big goals and ambitions, but – what you're doing right now is the important thing is you're taking a viewpoint of I'm currently here right now. My mission, my target is to own the 60. I can't get to the 80 until I dominate the 60. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I won't even try. And that's why when I spoke to, because I ordered, I only had it for, I've only had it for two weeks. And I said to, when I was going to order the 45, because I honestly, I was going to order the 45 yeah. and Dylan said, no, no, get the 60, mate. You own the 45 already. I said, no, no. I said, you think? He goes, yeah, you've got it down pat. You know, you're doing it easy. Just get the 60. Mm. And then I said, so once I got it, I said, yeah, he was right. That was the right move. But, okay, now I need to get a hold of this baby, right? So to to give her some therapy because she's therapying me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The sandbags are brutal like that. They'll give you all the feedback you need and you you can't switch off for a split second. Yeah. No, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I want to go down that segue. You touched on it a little bit before about your sport of, you know, the drive to compete and the process of getting back on the bike. So I want you to kind of explain, you know, what what sport you're talking about here and where you were previously and where you're currently at now, because 
I'll let you explain, you know, the, you had a race coming up, which unfortunately got pushed back, but uh, yeah, let's have a, have a bit of a chat about the, uh, the sport. Sure. Well, I, I thought it was a great idea at, you know, 49 years old to, to get myself in the, the position I needed to be to, to enter the Thailand Superbike Series in, in 2021, yes. which I did. Um, like you said, first round's been, uh, you know, postponed due to COVID, but I guess to go back and give you the history on that, I was a racer as a kid. Um, you know, I, I was a you know, 12-time state champion in motocross and a, and a couple-time Australian champion as a kid back in uh, the, the teenage years. And then, uh, you know, I guess when I when I needed to go to the next level with that, that sort of 18 years old mark, sex, drugs and rock and roll became a little bit more interesting after <laughs> after an accident that I had. Um, yeah. And it demotivated me, the accident. And I stopped, stopped racing altogether when I was about 19. And then I, um, I bought a road bike and I managed to probably do a million kilometres around Australia in my 20s on a, on a road yeah. bike. I just went everywhere, man, and everywhere all the time on the bike. That's all I did. I was single and I just loved my life. And at about 28, I decided to get on a – I took a bike to the track, a super bike to the track, a 1,000cc, and in, I was living in the Gold Coast at the time, and I was heading up to Morgan Park or Queensland Raceway and doing laps. And I remember my first time out there, I was doing one, one minute 36s, I think, which is a – a V8 supercar does one minute nines around there, man. So yeah, we're right. chugging. And um, yeah, so I got myself down into, I did the same. I got myself over a two year period into a pace where I was, I was ready to go racing. So I started racing superbikes again in Queensland and did that for a couple of years in my, my sort of early thirties to mid thirties there when I was running hotels on the Gold Coast. And um, yeah, then again, I sort of um, gave it up, had some, had some divorce action happening and money was a bit difficult. So had to give it up and uh, had a rest. And then, yeah, it's been 13 years, actually, Jesse, since I uh, got back on a racetrack. So here I am at Thailand. You know, we've got the Buriram, Buriram MotoGP circuit here, Chung International. It's an FIM, so a Federation of International Motorsport approved racing venue. It's on par with Phillip Island or any track in the world. Yep. Um, in a sense, that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's an accredited MotoGP circuit, right? They race there. So That's awesome. We... Um, yeah, I guess a bit of it goes back to the little bloke as well, Jesse. Again, I, I had a near miss on the road. I've been riding on the highways in Thailand for many years since I've lived here. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm always on the roads doing something. And, you know, I don't know if you know, Thailand's one of the top three most notorious countries in the world to, to ride on the roads. Um, Pretty full 90, on, yeah. Oh, 90, 91 people a day die here on the roads, mate. Oh, my God. You know? I, I remember my wife and I, we went to Thailand a few years ago and... We're on the back of the tuk-tuks and it's just mayhem. There's people sure, everywhere. Yeah. There's there's tuk-tuks, there's bikes, there's cars, there's cyclists. It's all, it's, 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 a, it's another world. It's crazy. Oh. Sure, it's ridiculous. And, and to be riding these, you know, these powerful bikes around on the highways and stuff, and like I was mm. um, on the run, I've got a few favourite runs and stuff, whether you're a, off the island of Phuket or you're up here in the north, I've, I know my roads and I know where I, I like to ride. And anyway... I had a very, very close near miss one morning. I was out after we'd had the little bloke and, you know, I said to myself, is it worth it? Mm. You know, and I said, I came home and I didn't ride the bike for a bit. And the missus said to me, she said, you haven't ridden the bike for a bit. I said, no, I don't know. I had a near miss. I didn't really tell her. I said, I had a near miss. And kept it a bit hush-hush, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what to do. I'm still processing it mentally. I'm not sure what to do. Do I do I uh, keep Get back on the bike. Mm. Yeah, or do I go to the track again and have a crack? So... Lo and behold, over the year, 
I had the bike. I've got the, a full spec bike. It's a, it's a, a new model with low kilometers. So I thought, mm, let's take it to the track and see how I go. So I booked a track day, went down there for two days and uh, did laps. And I, when I looked at the photos afterwards, I'm like, oh, Jesus, mate, you're looking like you're driving Miss Daisy out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look slow and but what it what it showed me as well jesse was uh you know from a physical perspective yes i was strong mm. and fit my hips were not in good condition and a few other things right so yeah. they were in better condition than what they were you know three years ago but they still sure. were where mm. i needed to be back in a physical peak condition so you know it sort of opened my eyes i thought yeah okay i'm going to do this i think i can get my speed back i've still got the mentality to go fast so Let's work on the bike. I knew what the bike needed. I knew what my brain needed and I knew what my physical needed. So I went back to, to Dylan and I said, hey, buddy, I'm going to go racing. I've decided, well, I need your help to unlock my hips a bit more. I need your help to do this. So we've worked very, very heavily between under my arms to my top of my knees, yeah. that whole region, front, back, inside and outside. The strength that I have through my glutes and my hips and my my my. Uh, uh, you know, lower lats and and all yep. those muscles, those little little muscles, Jesse. I've never had. You know, I yeah. I walk differently. Even my shoes show me I walk differently with the wear on my shoes um, awesome. from the work done there. Yeah. So anyway, went back, did some work, and uh, got quicker. Did some work on the bike. Did some more work in the gym. Got quicker lap times. I said, oh, maybe I can do this. I said to myself, I'd get myself down into the one minute forty fives. I'll be competitive in the Superbike 3 category. And um, sure enough, third, fourth visit, I got myself into the 45. So I said, let's go racing. Let's do it. So, yeah, came back to work with Dylan and, and um, mate, he's been working me like, and, you know, what, what I love about this guy, these guys train fences. These guys are training fences for Olympic tournaments. These guys are tracing, training kids that want to play cricket. They're training kids that do go-kart racing. They're... They're just training an array. They're training bodybuilders, jiu-jitsu fighters, you yep. know. And here I come back saying, right, I'm going racing again, boys. Um, I need help to, to get this is what I've noticed in deficiency yep. in my body. Mm. And when you tuck, because you tucked a lot and your legs are cracked, you know. The, Everything's tucked in like a ball. Yeah. yeah that's right. But Especially the knees are, yeah, the knees are out. And you got to get the flexibility to get off the bike and, so he, to his credit, went and did all the research and he came back and, mate, he's been honestly training me more like a jiu-jitsu um, fighter in a sense of the work that we're doing through the, through the midsections and mm. whatnot than, he, than I, anything else because they need, the wrestlers need that core strength, right? So, yeah. Well, you're wrestling the bike, basically. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. His words, you know, I said, because I feel like I'm still a passenger on it. I'm not manhandling it yet, right? Yeah. So. But last time out, mate, I'm really happy to say I didn't ride it for a couple of months because I kept doing the work in the gym. But when I got on it last time, I, my times were actually two seconds quicker again. Wow. So yeah. I, we're hunting trophies and um, we're now hunting trophies. And and basically, um, I own that thing. And you can see it in the photos, you know, compared to when I first went and my times, um, you know, the phot photography I've got, I've bought from these guys. Um, yep. Yeah, you can honestly see I actually look like a rider again. So, <laughs> <laughs> but in saying that, the biggest thing that we've been working on as well, Jesse, is is mental mm. and mental fatigue and physical fatigue. Yeah. 
So, yeah. And, and this, this is interesting. I want to go down this rabbit hole with you because, like, the only experience I've had on a bike is a, a Peely 50 when I was a, a, a young lad and I drove it straight into the tree. Yeah. <laughs> I drove it straight into the tree. It was a Christmas. Uh, that my brother and I, we got a Peely 50 between us and I drove it straight into a tree. <laughs> so my experience isn't that good, but I know from, you know, being behind the wheel of a car, it's you can't switch off. Like, People think that, you know, if you're heading down the freeway, it's like people think, oh, it's a straight shot. It's not. Like there's a lot of small deviations. There's thousands of micro decisions that get made from, you know, going from point A to point B or in your case, going around a circuit. You've got a predetermined course. Like you're trying to shave off, you know, half a second, a millisecond. You're trying to, you know, it's very small margins. And what I think would be really nice to talk about is, you know, the attention to detail and concentrations that's required for a sport like yours. It's paramount. You know, the, the, you're doing 286 kilometers an hour down the back straight every lap. Right. And, and, you know, before you grab your brakes. Now, if you miss your brakes, like you said, if you, you, you got Mm -hmm. fatigue and whatever it might be, and you make that wrong judgment call, well, and you're on somebody's tail and you, you know, you're going to hurt not just yourself, but somebody else. Right. So, you know, you've got to, yeah, your focus has to be critical. And, you know, that that we've been working seriously hard on fatigue. So towards the end of my sessions, and here his words are, when we're in a dogfight, I want you to know that you're making the right decisions. Yeah. You know, so we're working very hard on those, those when I'm, we're doing a lot of work on the, the lights. So he puts the six lights. So we're doing the reaction yep. times. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, We do it at the start of the session when I'm cold. And then we're doing it at the end of the session when I'm fatigued. And the, the, the beauty is when I'm actually rat, rat shit and like can't even get a breath, I'm actually, my reaction times are quicker. Yes. So, um, you know, which is great to see. So we're, we're doing the right work. Um, and, and that's, 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 that's where it's allowing, you know, to, to support those decision-making processes when you are on the circuit, because when you're entering corners, you know, turn four out there's, it's about 240 on entry, down two gears and just tip it in with a little bit of feather on the front brake. When you're when you got your knee on the deck and this mm. much contact of the tyre, you're about 185k an hour and you're starting to wind the throttle and mm. there's a guy coming, you're going underneath the guy to do it. That's unreal. So, the margin for error yeah, is very small, yeah. It's very tiny. small, so it is. So, you know, it, it, the physical work is also... Um, we're doing the mental work with the physical work um, from, from a fatigue perspective and, and sharpening it up and, and some of the sups that we've also been taking um, from a focus perspective as well. Um, Is that for uh, just cognitive ability, the, the sups you're talking about? Uh, yeah, it's, made to, it's a mushroom extract, actually. Um, yep. Yes, that's been formulated. Um, yeah, I like it. It's actually... Uh, it it really helps with the daily focus. I I, I feel um, mm. at first a little bit. Um, I found it a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Made me a little bit erratic at first. Once your body got used to it, it was a little bit. Made you a little bit fast, you know. Mm. Um, wise, you know, like it was a little bit erratic. Um, but yeah, now that its body's absorbed it and it's got used to it, I just feel I've got a really good focus every day. Sharp. One, one, yeah, one tab a day, and I mm. really feel it. And, and when I'm training, I feel it. It helps me even more with my focus and I know people look at some of this stuff and think, Oh yeah, it's cliche or whatever, but I actually think this is a good product. And yeah, you know. that's good. I, I, 
I try not to take too many products. I take a few things like fish oil, yeah. uh, glucosamine, chondroitin. But I remember I, I took one um, uh, from Bulk Nutrients um, called Cognitone, and it's uh, it's yeah to enhance cognitive ability. And I, I remember I had it and just stirred it with water. And I tell you what, though, I was I was dialed in, man. Oh, tell you what, I was like, a, I was like, let's go. I was like down, yeah. down the rabbit hole. I had like, it's like I had bloody blinders on. And I was just like, let's fucking go. So I, I know what you mean. It's, you know, sometimes you hear something like that. You're like, it sounds a bit cliche, but I, th- I think for, for something like that, it's very individual. People got to try what works for them. Um, yeah. Are you a, are you exactly. a big coffee drinker? No, I, it's funny, I, I was in my earlier days, and I guess when I was a drinker and stuff, it was more a motivation to be alert, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm usually a coffee when I first get up. I'll, I'll make a coffee while I'm preparing my breakfast. Um, I'm a creature of habit when it comes to breakfast. I eat the same thing for, for the last 10 years, basically. What do you have? Seven. Um, I have a little bit of granola, not too much, just a little bit, maybe a half a handful. Uh, oats, dried oats. Um, yeah. I throw in... Um, a scoop of powder with that generally. Um, protein? I throw in a protein powder, yes. Yeah. Sugar-free protein powder. I throw in a, um, a dash of honey um, and also some uh, frozen raspberries and banana and a banana. Beautiful. And that's pretty much just with water and that's that's pretty much breakfast. So I let that sit while it's sitting, mm. dialing in, um, make a coffee. And I'll have a coffee, eat my breakfast after that. And then usually mid-morning when I get to work, maybe around 10, 10.30, I'll have another coffee. And yep. that's it. I don't touch coffee again. How long have you been having the breakfast for? Oh, gee, eight years. Why do you have that so, breakfast? Um, makes me feel good. I get a good energy out of it. I think there's a good mixture. I, I, I find that there's a good carb balance in there. Um mm-hmm. And it gives me, you know, there's obviously the protein in there and it just yep. gives me a good balance to start the day. It gives me that energy boost. It gives me a bit of fiber. It gives me everything that I need. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I just really feel that boost when I after I eat it. I feel good when I leave the house in the morning, you know? Yeah. And I wanted to kind of touch on that because this is something I find a lot of people, whether it be a societal push or just what people have done for a while, I find people just eat what other people tend to eat. Like for, for me, my breakfast tastes like bad shit. Like yeah. I, I, have, I have, I have, I have, I have, it looks like, it looks terrible. It looks like, like someone's got a bunch of cardboard soaked it and mushed like mashed it up. Sure. So I, I have wheat picks and I have a scoop of protein powder, but it's, yeah. it's, it's the same. It's, I do the thing I've done it for about, you know, seven, eight years, similar to yourself. It's the same thing every day because I know what it provides the body. Um, where I find a lot of people, especially when it comes to, it's not just breakfast, but you know, it's, it's what gets you going. If you, if you start things off on your terms that are in line with your goals, generally, like that's the first domino you knock over and then everything else kind of follows from that. So it's kind of cool to hear you actually have a rationale for doing it. You know, it's got your protein, it's got your carbs, it's got your fats and you feel good by doing it. Yeah. Um, Look, I feel that I, I leave. I know that I've done the right thing by myself every morning, you know, and I've got that energy to to get walk out the door and feel good, you know. That's that's why I do it. Yeah. And I even travel with it. If I go, well, like if I go up to the track to go racing and I'm up there for two days, I take it with me. Mm. You know, I, I like that. I, I I take that. What works for me, I make sure I have around me. I'm not going to leave it for chance. Yes, that's awesome. Um, yeah. 
that, ladies and gentlemen, is a man who is taking all of the responsibility and ownership of his goals wherever he goes. So, you know, he might not be at home. He's actually saying if he's not in his local environment, he's going to take his shit with him. And that's – this is something that a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not at home, so I can't do it. It's like, of course you can. Be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I take an esky, mate. I take an esky if I have to. I've got a little – I've got two, actually, two little. I've got a bigger one and a little one. Depends yeah. where and what I'm doing and how long I'm going. And, yeah, I just – it's easy to buy ice, right? Mm. Why do you do that? Why, why do you take the esky instead of just buying stuff wherever you go? Well, I don't know if I can get it, right, first and foremost. I don't know if I can get what I want. And mm. then secondly, it's going to frustrate me if I can't get what I want because if I wake up in the morning and can't eat exactly, I'm not going to leave it to chance if I have to stay in a hotel and I go down there for breakfast. Again, <laughs> I own them at breakfast in the in the hotel if I can't get what I want. So yeah. I just bring them home, you know. Mm. So, And I don't care what they tell me. I can't have that here. So, well, yes, I will. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Love it. I don't care what. Yeah, well, and and I do that so I feel peace. Mm. You know, because I just don't leave it a chance. You can find it, you know, especially here. You know, it's yeah. probably at home. It'd be a bit easier in Oz, right? But over here, uh, yeah, I'm not leaving the Seven Elevens, mate. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's cool. You're stacking the cards in your favour. You're not seeing what cards you're being dealt. You've got the fucking deck, and you're saying, "I want this card, this card, and this card," so you can play your best hand. Yeah. <laughs> Correct, mate. And, and even when we're at the track, you know, the tracks, we, we usually stay at a hotel there and um, basically we even order the lunch, we'll mm. order the boiled rice, we'll order the broccolis and the green veg and the, and the chickens, boil, uh, you know, um, uh, chicken breast, right? Yep. And we go, we go pick it up before lunch. I always got a buddy with me that supports me at the track and yep. basically he goes and takes care of it. He'll go and pick up the lunch. Mm. So we of that before we leave the hotel so we take it down the track so we know that we're getting our nutrition we still got our nuts and stuff to snack on during the day right but to ensure that we're getting our nutrition to, to survive the day yeah um, yes you know like you said when you're out on that track and you're pumping in 12 laps in 35 degree heat mm. inside clobber as well you're dehydrating a lot you've got to really be focused on what you're putting in to keep your energy Yep. to do four or five sessions in the day to, to try and do 40 laps, you know? Yep, 100%. Cool, man. Uh, just dovetailing off this a little bit. So this is not training related, but I want to kind of extract your thoughts on just philosophy. Like, because what you're explaining to me here, the way you live, it's probably a bit different to what most people would do. You know, you take an esky if you're going to the track. You train, you buy your own fitness equipment. You and know, it's you... not for beer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. It's like some people look at that, like the guy's got an esky, like, fuck yeah, bintang or whatever. Yeah, like, no, Correct. it's got fucking food in it. Correct. So yeah. I want to kind of just uh, unpack some of your philosophy for, for life because you do things a certain way, you know, you've got some motivation and reasoning behind what you do. Let's kind of unpack that and what that looks like. So what's your philosophy in terms of how you live and why you live the way you do? Look, I, I you know, first and foremost, I've not always lived this way. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's been a choice uh, as I've developed, you know, my age and I guess the, the choices that I've made in the, in the last probably several years. Yep. So it's become, it's become a lifestyle now, you know, and it's a lifestyle that I really enjoy because ultimately I'm, giving myself the best opportunity to be the best version of me I can. Yeah. 
you know, and I haven't always done that and done it well, right? So ultimately, that that's that's my main driver is becoming better every day, whether it be physically, mentally, family, husband, wife, uh, sorry, husband, uh, father, yeah. you know, businessman, whatever whatever it is, it allows me to um, become the best version of myself. Mm. So, you know, when I look at, because, you know, when I look at people around me, who motivates me, who do I look at and go, man, you know, you know, let's go back and look at, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. I respect what that man did, you know, now I will do this, I will do that, I will be this. And he became the governor of California, California, for fuck's sake, from Terminator to that. But his mission Mm. was a what he did for training. And if you go back and look at his, you know, six, um, you know, basically six, yeah, that he, he lived off, you know, and, and to me, it's all, it's so, so relevant, you know, and it takes a long time to learn that someone like yourself, Jesse, you've picked it up very young, you know, and you have those disciplines and abilities to see what you wanted from a very early age. You know what I mean? Mm. So you've, driven it where others get lost like myself and it's taken me until now to be honest in my 40s into my 50s where I've actually been able to find that harmony yeah you know and that's come through you know a lot of reading I know you read we share books um you know books for for days yeah and I've just I've just ordered the one you told me to have a look at as well I just ordered it the other day so which one was um, that Oh mate, I'm was that uh, was that relentless? Yes, that's it. Relentless. Yeah. He's got a second book coming out as well uh, on May 18th. Winning. Okay, because that's how I feel right now. Relentless. When you said yeah. it to me, it was almost because I feel like I'm relentless on myself. Mm. Yep. You know? um, just to be that better version. So yeah, I read a lot. I've learned to read. I did when I was a young kid, and when I travelled, I used to read, and then I. I lost reading for 30 years of my life. It disappeared. But in yep. the last sort of five years, I've started to try and read a couple of books a year again, and, and I've been successful in that. So I enjoy those takeaways and, um, you know, the ability to, to, to learn and continue to grow from those uh, readings, you know? Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's one of the big things. That's probably been the biggest change in my life over the last five years or so, um, the way that my business came about was really interesting. It was not planned. It was kind of forced upon me. Um, That's a long story, long story short, I had a, I had a cushy job, you know, full-time employment, bang, the gym went under, I was out of a job over the course of, you know, three days, like basically a weekend, I'd made the decision. I'm going to start my business. I'd had a couple, you know, bad experiences with, previous employment, uh, you know, circumstances being what they were. But anyway, I created my business and then I kind of realized if I'm going to keep getting better, if I want my business to grow, if I want to develop as a, a smarter person, a better operator, a better partner now, you know, husband and soon to be father as well. It's like, I need to learn yeah, from other people. Congratulations, actually. I saw <laughs> Thank you very much. Boy. Thank you. Well done. But I kind of realized like there's a lot of people who are further on the path than I am. And it's, it would, I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't steal the ideas that they had written down. Cause it's a lot of it's documented, like just through books. Sure. Um, 
and I found that's been probably the biggest change in my life. And it's something that I'm going to keep doing, you know, forever, I think. Well, you guys got to go and look at these guys, the Ed Milet, Andy Fischella, all these kind of guys, the amount of content and information, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, yep. these guys are talking optimism, they're talking, you know, it's all about that, you know, that positive affirmation that you give yourself. Like you said, you made the decision in three days and look, it's benefited you no end. You yep. made the right decision, and you, but you've gone after it. And mm. it's about all those positive uh, vibes and, and uh, keeping that, you know, that whole optimism well. And, and that's what I've learned so much about. I've always been to, to become the leader I am in my work. You've always had to have something, right? But, yeah, you know, for sure. But it was about never giving up, right? But I probably even did that the old school way, Jesse, when it came to my work. And now, now it's more about empathy and and a lot of other stuff, which I didn't have <laughs> twenty years ago. I just didn't have it, right? So yeah. empathy was that, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. But these days, I'm a believer of it, and I'm 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 I believe my leadership style today through those learnings have, have really changed as well, you know, and, and I see it in my teams, you know, yeah. um, it's a different, different, uh, different, different ball game for sure. How do you kind of set the example? Because, you know, you're fairly high up with, you know, your role and your career. Yep. How do you kind of filter that down and around to the people in your life, you know, the people who are most important to you, whether it's, you know, you know, your direct reports or, you know, the employees that you work with or your family, how do you get them to kind of buy into what it is that you're doing and the values that you want to kind of have them adopt and implement? You know, I think like anything, I think the biggest, most important thing is communication. I think it lacks everywhere. It mm -hmm. still lacks in one of us today, right? So yeah. sadly. Uh, but I think communication, I think, you know, the, the ability to, to, to be knowledgeable, it's important to have the knowledge is power, right? And you've got to continue to better yourself, um, you know, whether it be in the industry you're working, which mm. I know you're an advocate for, yep. um, you know, knowing what's next and continuing to learn. If you're not learning, you're not growing and you can't continue to grow people if you're not, not learning. Yep. So, you know, and I took a, a while to learn. I thought I knew everything my 30s, late 30s, I, I knew everything, mate. You just asked yeah. me, you know. But today I realised I didn't know that much. And, you know, now I I, I really like to, to lead. Um, I lead individually. I don't lead. I lead as a group, but I also lead individually. And I think I get the best out of people by by working them to their their strengths and their abilities yeah. um, and enhancing those. And then, then we focus and, and help them and support working on those weaknesses to make them into better better employees right so yeah um, you know i'm not big on your whole uh, you know we have to do it from a a work perspective but you know balanced scorecards and things like this uh, mm. yeah they're okay if they're used properly and stuff but i prefer to be a bit more one-on-one -on -one and and we approach it and then we work as a team united we stand together we fall and yep. you know i'm very proud to say i've got you know i've been in my excuse me, job now for six and a half years up here, excuse me. And my whole team that I, I had a 74% changeover when I first came in because I had to make changes and yep. they're all still with me. All of them are still with me. That's amazing. You know, one, yeah, one left from an illness perspective, but they're all still with me. So ultimately that shows that they, um, they understand what is required of them, firstly, yep. 
the game doesn't change, right? It, it's it's not flippant. Mm. And basically, we work out a, a, a. And if I build my my what I'm going to achieve this year from a work perspective, I then build their responsibilities around what I want to achieve, and we're all moving for the common goal. Yeah. No one's fragmented. Yeah, you, you've got that one objective, and you it's it's like you're you're in a canoe. Or in a kayak, yeah. you're, all, you're all pushing in the same direction. You're all, you know, if there's the goal, you're all going that way. You don't have some people paddling that way. It's you've got the objective and this is what's required to do it. And then you're all just kind of moving in that general direction. I think that's important as being a leader is, like you said, it's communicating that from and from a from a work standpoint and also from a, a personal standpoint as well, what you actually want out of life. Yeah. Let's get to that, right? Don't complain, right? At the end of the day, change it. Mm. you know because at work well okay if you're complaining about your job why mm. change, it. change that or your job <laughs> you know because at the end of the day i love my job mate i've been doing my career for 36 years i'm in the same game sure mm. I, I i've been through some difficult jobs like we all have but at the same time some of those guys taught me more than i realized through yes. those difficult jobs, right but you know at the end of the day i love what i do is it perfect no is the company perfect no Will it ever be? No, but it's a good company. To, you know what I mean? And they go and say, oh, but this brand's better to work for. Well, I've worked for them and I can tell you they're not, right? So the grass is never greener on the other side. It's about how you approach it and getting that balance mindset to ensure, well, okay, if that's a problem, what do we do to fix it? If we can't yeah. fix it, well, we have to manage that problem. Yeah. I think okay. there's there's a quote that I like, if you can't change the circumstances, change your attitude. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. Manage that attitude, right? Because yeah. you're not going to fix it. And then I tell my guys, I come, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, listen, you know, yeah, I get it. And I don't disagree with you, but we're not going to change it. So who's going to fight it? You or me? Because I'm not. Mm. So I've already put it away here and we just manage the process, right? Because that's not worth me getting upset about because I've got a million other things to deal with, right? So, yeah. yeah. But look, bringing to your personal life, I think the biggest, most important thing that I learned throughout my, my, my journey so far and, you know, don't bring your work home. Leave your work at the door as you walk back inside because you've got a, a lot of people inside that love you and care about you and don't want to hear all the bullshit that's going on outside. You know what I mean? My wife will ask me, oh, how's your day? Awesome, mate. Yeah. You know? It's, Every day's awesome. Once you cross that line, you're in a different environment, yeah. That's it. And I'm not going to talk about it, you know. Sure, she'll ask because she knows some of the boys I've got around me and she'll say, oh, how yeah. are they doing? Yeah, they're doing good, you know. Family's good, whatever, right? But I don't. I'm not going to sit there and talk about a hotel, mate. It's my time now, yeah. right? And and that's the biggest thing that you, you learn as you grow up. It's mm. my time, you know? Why yeah. am I wasting my time talking about that? Mm. could be focused yeah. on a side hustle or it could be focused on, you know, whatever else it is that I've got going on that, can, that needs my time. Yeah. Just to kind of uh, round up here, this is an interesting concept as well because everybody's looking for more time. I don't have, like, there's not enough time. There's not enough hours in the day. People are like, oh, I've got free time. I've got work time. There's, there's no, there's just time. And what I think is really awesome that you just kind of said there is like, when you're at work, you're at work. Like, you are in work mode from, from this time to this time. It's like, that's my purpose. That's what I'm here to do. Once that has been completed or once you change the environment, like you said, you step home, it's like the work hat comes off and the family hat comes on. I think 
that's probably one of the things that I've learned from, you know, reading and hanging around people like yourself who've, you know, done some huge things that I aspire to. It's like you can't do it all all the time. And then, Jesse, exactly, mate, you know, and then that once the family goes to bed at 8.30, whatever it is, right, then the side hustle hat comes on for a couple hours. You know what I mean? And maybe I'm dealing with some ad hoc email from the from the other job, you mm. know, because that's 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 reality, right? Or ad hoc phone call for, to deal with that. But then yeah. the side hustle that comes on for at least an hour and a half, and you know, I'll get a, a little bit of the side hustle done, you know. So or the two side hustles, whatever it might be, and yeah. then you just got to learn to sleep faster, right? <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, six to eight hours is important to me and, and that's what I do and that's what I get. And, you know, it's, it's yeah, you've just got to really manage it and, 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 and ensure that you're enjoying that time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mate, well, I want to just wrap up here because I know you're a busy man, but I want you to leave the listeners with, you know, what you think is the most important thing for not just their fitness, but the impact that improving one's body or fitness or mental game can have just across the board in life. What is some advice that you would give to the listeners if they're, you know, on this path to self-development, personal development, what, what is your advice for them moving forwards so that they can actually take and apply? You just got to keep on going. You're going to have the injuries. You're going to have the bad days. I don't want to train some days. Like, ah, oh, bugger it. I don't want to lift that bloody heavy thing again, right? Yep. I don't want to be puffed out. But you've just got to continue to, to, to do it, do the work. And there's no secret. Like Jesse says, and I, I'm an advocate for it because there isn't a secret. There is not one pill that you can take or we'd all take it, I tell yes. you. Yep. Then we don't have to do the work, right? But you, you can't. And you can't give up on yourself because if this is what you want and you've made the start, yes, you're going to hurt. Yes, you're going to take pain. Yes, you're going to have the little niggles and the injuries. Like I said earlier, you've got yeah. to manage them. I'm managing one right now in, in a bicep, but that's okay. I can still work out, man. I've got to work around it and yes. just change the means a little bit, right? But, yeah, it hurts. Does it hurt when I finish? Sure. Does it hurt once it's had the heat pack on it? No, it feels a bit better. Yeah. But, You've got to do the work and, and don't give up on yourself is the key. It's it's just don't give up on yourself. You know, I, I, I see everybody get out there and get excited about doing something and then six weeks later they, they've hurt themselves and they just don't want to do it anymore. It fizzle like, out. Mm. Go for a walk if it's your arm. Yep. <laughs> you know, if, if it's your, your leg, you can still sit down and do stuff or lie down and do stuff. You can still yep. do stretches with... But look, I think the biggest, most important lesson that I've learned throughout my my short 50 years in life, Jesse, is, is that if you want it, you've got to make it happen. Yeah. Because nobody is going to do it for you ever. Yeah. You know? you, yeah. You, you just can't. You can talk about it, but mm-hmm. and guys, I want you to like re- listen to that. Just play it back times a thousand. Because what Roddy's talking about here, it, it it bears repeating. If you want something, if you want to lose the 10 kilos, the 20 kilos, bench press X amount of whatever it is, whatever your goal is, nobody can get you there except for you. Like I can sit here, I can write up the best plan in the world, 
but it's just a piece of paper with numbers and letters on it until it's actually applied, until you do the work. So I hope you will take what this man says on board and actually apply it. Set yourself a big ambitious goal that is meaningful to you. Make a plan. If you don't know how to make the plan, reach out to somebody who, who can do it. You know, Rod's got himself a train. He's got like a support crew for his super bikes. You know, he has people in his professional world that, you know, are his colleagues, are his mentors and people who he leans on. So you don't have to do it on your own. But the main thing is don't stop. Like you said, like set that goal and keep fucking going. I like it. Keep fucking going. You, you can't stop. Like the only way this is something that I find people do far too, far too easily is when the, when the going gets tough, people quit. And I think it's important what you said there too, Jesse, that there's support around you. You don't realise it, you know, you've got to use it because it's there and, and people want to help you as well. Yep. You know? You're not burdening anybody with wanting to become a better person. <laughs> yeah. If anyone says otherwise, you can probably fuck them off out of your, uh, out of your circle. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's that, there's that too, right? That's a whole other conversation, right? But yeah, that's, that's another rabbit hole. Yeah. Oh, but it's yeah. amazing, really. It's 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 funny, you know. I just had a finish up. I had a buddy of mine call me probably five weeks ago now, and I've known this guy since I'm sort of five years old. And mm. you know, through my teenage years, I actually shared a house with him and his mum, and and uh, he's divorced mum. And and anyway, he rings me, 51 years old, and he says, "Hey, Rod, got to talk to you, mate." I said, "Yeah, what's going on?" He said, oh, you know, I had to go to that operation. I said, yeah, mate. He says, oh, they're just taking a five-centimetre tumour off my brain. I said, all right. And he says, and it's a stage four. And I'm just like, ah, brother. But you know what, man? A couple of things I realised right at that time. Hey, man, we haven't spoken enough over the years, man. Mm. You know what I mean? First thing I thought about, you know? Yeah. Second, man, when was the last time we physically caught up? You know, and he says, but it's been years. I said, yeah, probably since I came over here, right? And he's like, yeah. You know, so those those sort of things that, that come. But the biggest thing that I take away from this whole thing and what I, what I want to say is this guy is the epitome of just take it like a man. Mm. You know, it's like, well, Rod, this is what I've been dealt. At the end of the day, they've told me I've got five. If I do this radiation, maybe I've got ten. He said, well, fuck the radiation. I want to enjoy myself. Let's have a good time given me a form of steroid now to make me feel a bit better, right? So I don't feel lethargic and, and mm. you know, I feel like I shoot myself every day. He says, but let's enjoy what i got left and let's talk as often as we can and, and, you know, I want to spend time with family. So, you know, that takeaway there is, is about that exactly what we've been talking about, you know what I mean? Yeah. The support's there, the people are there, everyone's around you. It's about how you want to take care of your own mentality and, and, and do yeah. what you need to do. Yeah. And like it or not, guys, it's, it's a choice. Like you have the choice to do it or not do it. And you can read the books, you can listen to the podcast, you can go and watch a motivational YouTube video until the cows fucking come home. But nothing changes until something moves. So you've got to, you've got to make that decision and then just put one foot in front of the other. That's the secret. There's no pill, there's no hack, there's no elixir. Everybody's trying to sell you an elixir, but it doesn't fucking exist. So I hope you guys will take some of this information that is applicable for you and actually use it to better your lives, whether it be you know the family aspect, whether it be the professional and career advice that 
we've gone through or whether it be actually just, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, hey, I need to get my fucking shit together and go and get after it. Do it. That's it. Rod, an absolute pleasure. I appreciate your time and it's, uh, it's always good to catch up. Um, I look forward to seeing more of your photos and videos on WhatsApp of your training and uh, of the kiddos getting after it as well. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on board and sharing your wisdom for the listeners of the Wake Up Call, man. Jesse, likewise, mate. Like I said, you know, huge respect for you and the work that you continue to do and the content that you pump out. Um, you know, the stuff that you give out for free, mate. It's, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's impressive, man. So, mate, thank you for having me. It's a blast to talk to you, uh, yeah. as always. And, uh, mate, until next time. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. Take After care. After it. Yes, sir. <laughs> See you, buddy. <laughs> Love Take you, care. buddy. Take care. Bye. If you loved the Wake Up Call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.